0: Hey everyone, it's Against the Grain Podcast, episode number 55 for August 22nd, 2019. I'm Justin De Palma, and as always, I'm joined by Freddie Roman. Good afternoon. Guy Dunlap. How are you? And this week's special guest, Ben Prowl. Hey guys. How are hey. you?
1: Good. Thanks for having
0: me. I'm glad we could have you on. I'm interested to talk to you. Figure out what you do and how you do it.
1: And why you do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, why you do it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we all know why. <laughs> we we wanted to get you on here because of what you portray yourself as doing, and I'm interested to see if that's really what you do full time, or if there's other things in the background that you do and we don't know about. So, why don't we uh, start with t- You telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do now, and
1: yeah, you seem to do. Um, background full time, the gate maker. Um, okay, I've been doing it. All my life, I grew up uh, with my dad in the shop, who I learned from initially, just always building gates pretty much. Um, I do a little furniture on the side. Um, about 10 years ago, went to North Bennett Street School in Boston wow. just to kind of further my education a little bit. Took those skills I learned there, brought it back to California, and continued on in gate making. Um, it's kind of a little niche we found that, I say we, my dad and I, um, we work together in the shop every day here, okay. awesome. um, just the two of us and, um, really fun and it works out. We get along, um, both similar mindsets and, uh, we split it right down the middle as far as the work goes. Okay. Uh, we both answer calls, emails.
2: Do you ship these, these gates out, you know,
1: countrywide
2: and worldwide?
1: Yeah, we're nationwide.
2: I think you would have to because market saturation in California, you'd be pretty much done already.
1: Absolutely. Um, We're lucky enough to be close to, you know, we're in Sonoma County, about an hour north of San Francisco, and the Bay Area, um, especially the last 10 years, um, has grown. So we we definitely have clients here, and that's what started the company, um, really, just the neighborhoods in Marin County. But we do ship nationwide. Uh, Most of our work is back east, um, especially this time of year, trying to get everything done before Mm -hmm. the rain starts. But that was something we figured out a long time ago how to ship, and it really kind of separated us, um, making it easy. And gates are simple to ship either way. They're just flat. So you just build a yeah. box, you know, opposed to a chair or a table or something.
2: How, do you mind if I ask how many gates you build in a, a year's time?
1: It varies a lot. Um, we do keep track, obviously, of the projects, but the projects vary in size. Uh, so we mm-hmm. average about anywhere from 40 to 80 a year projects hmm. um, but that can vary from you know the ideal project is just a single garden gate because there's you know they're simple there's no liability and the turnaround time so the interest stays high um, opposed to what I'm working on now which is a 10-foot driveway gate with 11 accompanying panels and it's fun it's a great job to have but it's kind of like you know, put on a podcast or a, an audio book or something and just kind of go to work. Um, a lot of repetitive motions, kind of full production value here.
0: And so so let, let's, let's get into this. How did we, how'd you get started with the Gates or how did your father get started with the Gates and then how did that turn into a prospering business?
1: Yeah. Um, he started 77. He started his company, just custom woodworking. Um, he grew up as a carpenter under his dad in Illinois and then, found a little niche just through the, you know, endless evolution of woodworking where he started, he made a gate for somebody that kind of caught on. He did one for the neighbor, did one for the neighbor developed a product line in 96 um, where on our site, you'll see that a couple hundred designs that he slowly evolved. So I just grew up with him doing that. Um, in 96, mm-hmm. I was 10. Um, so I was already pretty much in the shop, helping him as much as I could um, just kind of a, almost by default doing that you know you grow right. up with your dad and you're gonna do that Yep. um so like i said it i ended up doing the boston thing but before that um, i took a test got out of high school and just went into the shop full-time knowing that that's what i was going to do and what i really right. enjoyed doing so really the, the product line is what jump started the whole thing you get okay. something where you're not designing every piece individually you have your number of designs client will go on the website pick a design give us a dimension and we build that okay so, so everyone, everything
0: is pre-designed there is no custom well, stuff or is there
1: no no it is custom but we you know the the design we have them all numbered and the design just kind of help start the process so we can have the client go to the site and say give us garden gate number two but maybe we like the top section or number 25 or something Okay. Um, so it just kind of gives them an idea because a lot of time they don't really know what they're looking for. Um, they'll send us in a photo of the architecture and landscape of their home. And we will walk through and design it with them. Um, but this kind of, you know, it's all about being efficient and taking away. The more you have to revise drawings and, and uh, work hands on, you know, it's just time away from building. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more we can simplify the process helps us out and I think helps them out just with clarity, you know, with the ease of the whole thing. I think they're a little overwhelmed.
0: Interesting. So do you guys install any of your gates?
1: We don't, we stopped doing that about pretty much right when I went full time, um, 15 okay. years ago or so. It's just the the grunt work of it all. You know, it's not really what we do. Um, you know, we did it for a long time, digging post holes and all that stuff, but it's just, it's exhausting. And then that's time spent away from the shop, which is where the love right. is. Right. So now we get to spend all the time in the shop, and you know, it's on them to hire a contractor to do that. And,
2: so you 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 said you do uh, pa- panels also so like fence panels, wall panels.
1: Yeah, fence panels. We do really everything. It's kind of like a landscape furnishing, I guess you could say the product mm-hmm. line. But the main thing is gates. But with gates, we build accompanying panels of the same design. It's a little bit simple, um, more simple when it comes to the building methodologies. Um, you have to to make them profitable and to make it. Um, affordable for the client. Oh, you know, you're in it have, for the profit? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, the gates, you know, take some time. The fence panels, if they're talking about, you know, 100 feet of fence, you have to simplify the process a little bit to make it affordable for them. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're built, you know, pretty similar to the gates, and they're built to match, so they go, you know, they accompany them well.
2: Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Do you, do you guys build anything else other than? then the, the the gates and a few of the panels
1: we do um we have these lighted columns that we just finished up a couple of them actually um
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think i just put something up on yeah, instagram they on are beautiful um, and then we have benches swings and then arbors um, those are the main ones the gates is is 99 of it we get maybe a couple orders for columns a year um they're really fun and the the end result is really rewarding because you get this, you know, lit up column that's three dimensional and and it's a different mindset than the gates. Um, but it takes a long time, and um, you know they take probably three four times the amount of work as the gates because you're almost building four little gates and putting them together and then all the lighting and all that stuff. But it's totally worth it. It's super fun, and the, when we occasionally get the installed photos, it um, you know they're nice additions to the website. Nice.
0: So uh, I want to go back to how you guys sell the gates. Somebody else installs them. Are you selling the hinges with it? Are you selling instructions on how to mount them?
1: We do all that. Um, A lot of literature over the years has been written for the website um, just to make sure things get done the right way. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you build a table and then you have someone finish it and they botch the finish. It really represents your work. Right. Um, You know, so we build these gates. uh, We have one hinge that we work with. If you don't use that hinge, then we tell you right away that we're not going to, you know, we're going to stand by our craftsmanship, but we don't know how if you use a different hinge, we don't know how that hinge interacts with the gate, how it works for gate. So we Good. can't really, yeah. you know, we don't warranty stuff, but we definitely stand by the work. Um, right. So we kind of avoid that when you do that. And then we have a, a latch provider we've been working with for 20 years now and we offer their latches. So we really try to keep it controlled to what we know mm-hmm. and what we know trust through the years um but things are changing and now with a lot mm-hmm. of technology people want the the keyed locks and the auto locks and all that stuff so that's been kind of a challenge to find one that works um, They make the magnetic ones but we just don't know enough about them and we don't have the years of experience right so we really you know we have an installer in the bay area that we trust we use using for a long time okay and um other than that, you know, we're really kind of relying on them to do it properly. Um, right. So we have instructions we've written out on how the process that we've used that's worked over the years. But, you know, every contractor has their ways. And for the most part, they work.
2: What are some of the, the, the issues that you've some of the biggest issues you've had in the past with that? Um, that somebody just keeps seeming to, to, to doing wrong that screws things up. I mean, it should be pretty straightforward, I would think.
1: It's very straightforward. There's luckily not a lot of reoccurring issues, um, which is really nice. The biggest issue is maybe a wrong measurement or, um, you know, when we do the drawings, we'll provide a the appropriate clearances of the gates because you have your post, the gate, and then you have to have your hinge and your latch clearance for seasonal mm-hmm. movement, which is the big one. Um, so if we get a wrong measurement, those get fouled out, but it's a gate, it's a wood gate. So if you need to shave a little bit off, that's part of exterior work like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh. you know, so I think it's developed over the years. And like I said, with the simplifying the process, um, we've kind of made it simple yeah. enough where really just you give us that in between <clears throat> dimension and there's not much that can go wrong unless you drive a truck through it or something, which we've had done yeah it's a gate exactly it's kind of like you know the the wood we use you know the cedar it's going to last forever depending on the the care taken to it we will we've used mahogany in the past but nothing comes even close to western red cedar okay um, the mahogany we've used for exterior grade
0: mm-hmm.
1: anything really i mean, it works it definitely definitely works it's been used for years um, you have to finish it you have to maintain it the cedar, um, yes. until redwood was taken off the market, the old growth, cedar really flourished, Western Red. Is that right? And um, it's, you know you don't have to do anything with it. Um, 95% of our gates are un- unfinished. I was going
0: to ask you about the redwood because when I used to work with my father in the 90s, they were using a lot of redwood siding, and then it just disappeared.
1: Everything was. It, it, it was all yeah. the old, old growth, and then uh, you, couldn't, yeah. you couldn't cut it anymore. they yeah. we were over-harvesting it, and that's what we used. It was just you know, phenomenal, gorgeous stuff. And even the cedar now, we get it all from British Columbia. We work with a couple mills up there and order large amounts and store here in the shop to acclimate. And that took us a long time to figure out. We were just doing, you know, one gate at a time at the local lumberyard. But we were getting okay stuff, dimension stuff. And now we can order specific stock. You know, it's all vertical grain. It's all mature tree, which is important. And we can order it, you know, rough over... You know, we order everything eight-quarter or seven-quarter rough. So depending on the gate, we'll bring it down to inch and five-eighths or inch and three-quarters or so. And just having that is, is so nice to be able to just call the mill and say this is exactly what we need. They'll have it to us quickly.
2: What do you What do you consider an average size order? Um, How many board feet?
1: We order about mm-hmm. 150 boards at a time, whatever that ends up being board feet. I feel like every lumberyard talks in a different lingo. Um A lot is linear or board or per mil or something. We just, we pretty much have a cut and paste. Here's our last order. (laughs) Here's what we want now. Uh, But we can fit in our little storage thing, we can fit about 200 boards. Um, So we never like to run out, obviously. So we just kind of keep it full. Um, Depending on what time of year or what projects we have, we just like to keep it full. It makes us feel good (laughs) seeing all that lumber in there. And then we get to, you know, pull stuff and have fun. Um, you know, it's not all project stuff. When it's full, you feel more eased about going in there and building something for the heck of it.
3: So there is no Spanish cedar as an option or anything?
1: No Spanish cedar. Um, we've worked with Port Orford before, um, one of our shops. We have When things get busy, we have a few shops across the country on that will build our gates for us. They're not employees or anything of ours, but they're shops that we've worked with over the years and trust. And we had one of our guys develop an allergy. Western red cedar is about 20% of the people that work with it develop this terrible allergy for it. And um, we brought, or he mentioned, Port Orford cedar. We used that for a few years, and uh, we were having a lot of problems with it. Um, it was really dense compared to the other cedars. It wasn't as, as malleable to the seasonal movement over the years, and we were getting a lot of uh, checks and everything from it.
0: There's two questions here I want to ask, but I'm not sure which one I want to ask for. I'm going to go with this one. Uh, you went to school. Yeah. What made you decide to go to North Bennett Street?
1: Um, well, Megan, my wife now, we met in 2009, and she uh, was a ballet dancer at the time and wanted to kind of pursue that a little bit, and the East Coast was the place to do that. Okay. Um, so she had the idea of moving back there, and I needed something to do. <laughs> Um, so one of the shops that we were working with at the time went there, um, about maybe five, maybe even 10 years prior. So I kind of heard about it through him and I'm blanking on his name right now. Apologize for that. But, um, it was between that Boston kind of was the front runner it was New York a little bit, but I couldn't find many schools that way. So I, I found uh, North Bennett street and then Phil Lowe's school in Beverly mm-hmm. and it was kind of between the two and, and the ballet scene in Boston was stronger. So we mm-hmm. picked that. Gotcha. Um, and it was pretty simple. We made one trip out and instantly fell in love with it. And I had never been in an environment like that. You know, as woodworkers, you're so used to just kind of being secluded, little hermit crab in your shop. So you all of a sudden get out to a school like that where people are like thriving on each other and, and just inspired and building this amazing stuff is, is a pretty easy decision um, to pursue that.
0: This relates to my other question now is how did that change you when before you were working with your dad and then all of a sudden you went out there, you went to school, basically became classically trained and then came back to your father. How Um, did that change everything you guys were doing? Did it change it? Did it make you look at things differently?
1: It changed it for the absolute better, but it absolutely did. Um, We kind of, you know, my dad and I were doing it almost for the both of us. So I was lucky enough to, to have the experience in Boston, but I was on the phone with him pretty much every day going Mm -hmm. over what I learned. So we can kind of, try to get the most of it. So when I came back for the gates, we kind of have an understanding of it together. Uh, right. But it really did. It, it gave me, I wasn't really a furniture maker before then. Okay. Um, I didn't quite understand, you know, we had a table saw, a chop saw, and that's what we did all of our work with and a bunch of routers. So all of a sudden having the, the open shop with all this machinery and just the, you know, the, uh, the people there and the teachers and just the whole environment, um, All of a sudden, it opened the doors to furniture making and all that. And taking that stuff, which was period furniture, and bringing it back to California didn't really cross that well because people out here don't want period furniture.
0: right? Um,
1: So it was really just the the techniques I learned. um, I had no idea I would learn that much in two years.
0: So did that change the way you guys were – the joinery, the fences, the, the gates and everything?
1: You know, it didn't change it. It made the quality of the product boosted tenfold after i came back from school all of a sudden everything you know we had a reason behind doing everything when you understand why stuff is done your quality goes up Um, so we came back we were in where i grew up in my house two-car garage in the back as soon as we came back within three days we had a 1100 square foot shop and i was ordering joiner bandsaw plane. i mean all the stuff that we needed that I had in school. Cause all of a sudden they teach you with this like amazing machinery that's constantly maintained perfectly. And
0: mm-hmm. then
1: they send you on your way and all of a sudden you have nothing. Okay. Um, so when your dad was
0: on board with it all,
1: I mean, absolutely. Uh, how could you not be?
0: Yep. Yeah. You know, so, so before that, were you guys not ordering stuff in the rough then it was just, no,
1: we weren't. And even until maybe six years ago or so, I think I could be wrong on that, but no, for the longest time, we were just going to the lumber yard is 45 minutes away for every job and getting the appropriate boards. And it was all, you know, none of it was was vertical grain and it was just stocked two by six with eased edge and, uh, you know, no joiner. So we were flattening everything with a a reference stick on the table saw. Mm -hmm. And um, So yeah, as soon as we got the shop, we had some room and we started ordering stuff from the mill. And that, you know, just the quality of lumber alone improved the product. Mm-hmm. so now we then right out of school then we kind of work my dad is a absolute designer at heart you know he's responsible for all the designs i can't take credit for that kind of stuff um so we kind of have this unspoken understanding that he does a lot of the designs and more complicated builds but you know we really share a lot of the work like the project right now um, he's mm-hmm. doing the gates i'm doing the panels and we switch off between the fun and the boring stuff i don't know if i answered your question there <laughs> no no you right? did that's okay. that's exactly no that's exactly <laughs> yeah okay yeah. It, it, no it's it's yeah. it's
0: interesting and I was wondering how it would it, it intermingle with his I don't want to say older ways but his way of doing it and then all of a sudden your way of hey I now know how to do it this way but it, it's very interesting how you were in school and he was trying to pick up on what you were learning at the same time and and then he was he was in on the whole thing which is really cool
1: yeah I mean in a way you kind of have to be um, especially in woodworking these days, it's like, you know, North Bennett street and, and Phil Low school and everything. It's a lot of hand tools, which yep. I love yeah. and I use yeah. on all my furniture I use on the gates too. But if you don't adapt to the evolution of the craft, then it's yeah. hard to make money, which is you know, yep. sadly a really important thing. Um, you know, if you're trying to do everything by hand, it's going to take you forever and man, you're going to enjoy it. But at the end of the day, you have to pay the bills and everything. And, and, um, So with all the machinery, you know, like the new domino and, and, um, even just simple things like table saws and all that stuff, you know, you need them in your shop, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So he was right along with that, you know, just evolving with the craft.
0: So what, what is the primary joinery of the fences? Is it dominoes? No, we, so
1: we bought, we were reluctant to get the domino because we're stubborn woodworkers and, Mm -hmm. you know, we worked hard to, to. Perfect the, all the joinery and everything, and and um, you know now that you have the joint the domino, anyone can just cut a mortise and tenon perfectly. Um, so we don't use the domino for any of our structural joinery. We still we have a, a horizontal mortiser that we use for all of our. We use floating tenons, and we use that for all the mortises. We make up tenons in large batches, so we can just pull from the stack. And um, so that's all the main joinery. Anything non-structural we use the domino and it's just, you know, as I said, we were reluctant to buy it, but as soon as we did, we bought the small one. It just, everything just got efficient and easy. Um, mm-hmm. Slightly arthritic in your wrist from holding that dang thing, <laughs> but um, it's accurate. It's easy and you can just buy those dominoes by the bunch. Um, so it's kind of a no brainer once we got it. Nice. Uh, but yeah, all the joinery is mortise and tenon for larger gates. Um, we use a through wedge mortise and tenor, no longer floating. And then anything large, large, we have steel incorporated. So we have a steel gate, essentially a frame that we mount our gates to.
0: Okay. Huh. Mm-hmm. So like this, the what, what was that called the car gates? That's a yeah, steel frame. Anything over gate.
1: twelve feet, we trust our our craftsmanship up to wow. a single gate of six feet. So two leaves okay. equal twelve. Right. And it really depends. I mean, there's a lot of variables that go. It's an endless evolution of just trial and error Mm -hmm. um so you know if you have a gate that's 10 feet tall and five feet wide center of gravity is in your favor where if you have it you know five feet or 10 feet wide and five feet tall the center of gravity is not with a low center of gravity it pulls on that top joint tremendously um so it's kind of a just through experience which gates incorporate steel or not okay but for the most part anything over 12 feet we insist on steel okay you know, last thing you do, want is a joint separating
2: do you fabricate the steel frames yourself or you No, we have
1: out? a we, yeah, we have we have we have shop here that are not a shop but we just uh pay someone else to do it
2: yeah sometimes it's easier to do that
1: absolutely we're not metal workers <laughs> we're not metal workers we're not installers we used to be but people ask you know advice on insulation and you know our methodologies are kind of getting outdated, so we really just lean on the installers and the people of their trade. You know, yeah. you can either do everything good or one thing great. Mm-hmm. So uh, we definitely lean on them.
0: And you were saying before that all your gates are unfinished, or do you finish any of?
1: We leave it up to them. Um, it really depends. Everything with the design depends on the home or the the landscape it's going into. Um, so we work with one product called Wood RX. It's the only thing that we'll use. If you want to do something else, just like the hinges and latches, you can do whatever you want, but we're not going it's to stand you, by though. the product. Yeah, it's on you. Nice. Um, so WoodRx is just a water-based stain company out of Florida. We found them about 12 years ago, and they give you six to eight years, which is like twice of anything I've ever heard of. Mm. Um, dries quick, easy to apply. We have a finisher. Part of the advantages of moving to this industrial unit that we did 10 years ago was all of a sudden we have all these tradesmen in the area. Um, We have other woodworking shops with big machinery we can use. We have the finishers across the street. So when we do have something that needs finishing, we just wheel it over to them and they spray it out. Nice. And then bring it back. Uh, So it really simplified all that extracurricular activity.
3: Now, you only do that because you don't have the space or you just prefer, like you said earlier, just to master or become great at one thing.
1: It's just easier. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we don't have the space I mean, you never have the space for anything as much space as you have it's always not enough um but we're not sprayers and everything and we just like the insulation. we just want to stick to the building um, so with the furniture it's the complete opposite i love the finishing products project or the uh, process of it um you know building the piece of furniture and then you know applying i do the french polish or an oil or something and it's like the best thing in the world because it's bringing your piece to life Mm-hmm. But with Gates, we kind of just want to spend the time, focus on the building, and then move on to the next one. So we just outsource the finishing. And they do it better. That's what they do professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, they're quick. They're easy. they got it all set up. Um, and they're affordable. Nice.
0: Mm-hmm. So y- y- you hit it a little bit. Tell us about your shop. You moved to a, an industrial space. or where, uh,
1: Yeah, we moved to an industrial space. Um, it's a big cinder block building with eight units or maybe 10 units. And we got about a 1,000, 1,100 square feet tall, maybe 18-foot ceilings. And um, we've just – at first, it was going to be – when I moved back from Boston, my, my parents were going to move to Oregon. So we kind of outfitted this thinking I was going to take this shop as my own. They were going to move up there. The organ thing didn't really work out, so we decided to share this shop, which worked out for the best, I think. So I have in the back under the loft, I have my, my workbench, more of a hand tool area, um, which is kind of my little area, and I can try to keep it clean, which is tough. <laughs> um, but it's just got my bench, my tool cabinet, everything that I need for furniture for the main part. The last few years, I've really started to build the gates back here to give my dad the rest of the shop. Um, but it's a basic, you know, we have the wood storage, which takes up a lot of room inside. It is an industrial area. So we don't really want to put anything outside. We're not really scared of of theft, but if we can control that, why not? Um, But it's all centralized around the table saw kind of the old school layout there. Table saw, big outfeed table, another big 4x8 assembly table. And then all the machinery kind of lines the walls. The big ones are stationary. We don't move like the 25-inch drum sander and the planer and the bandsaw. And then the router table and the horizontal mortiser we have on rollout wheels. We kind of roll it out. Um, but it's an endless evolution. It's, it's it's fun to move around the shop a little bit. You buy a new tool and you get to kind of rearrange and, and uh, it feels like you're in a new shop for a little bit. Um, which you can do to so, some limitation.
0: So I, the, the picture that I've seen in the shop, issues. shows you have a bunch of gates hanging up yep. high. Are they there for people to see? Are they there for sale? Um, Is it both?
1: A little, I mean, everything's for sale, obviously. Um, so the majority of our products that we sell are basic craftsmen, arts and craft designs. We have um, the ones hanging up in the shop, which are an insight onto my dad's creativity there and um, he builds those and they're really just you know fun laying in bed at night trying to figure out what's going to go in this picture frame of a gate which is essentially what it is um so we build one of those we throw it up on the wall when we run out of room we'll put it on the basement sale of our site and sell it for cheap so we have room to build more um, hmm. but it's also part of just the comfortability of the shop um, you know it should be somewhere that inspires you that you want to go so when we first came in you know i look back at pictures and i see this unit and it's like this bare walled you know it's just machinery and the workspace and now i look at it now and it's just you know it's fun there's inspiration up there and and something to show clients when they come by which doesn't happen a lot but uh, we have a couple lighted columns that we can light up and a bench and about 15 or so gates um, that we have hanging up and they're all really wacky designs i mean they're not Usually, what sells, but they do every once in a while, and it's really fun to build. Hopefully, them.
2: hopefully did. they're very well secured to what you've got them on because I'd hate to. That's have the one trick, one isn't it? The securing it is yeah.
1: easy, but getting them up there is the hard part. <laughs> um, we've had some pretty wild arrangements of benches put together with ladders and and uh, you know some of them are heavy. Yeah, but we figure out how to do it safely, obviously.
3: Um, now, are you guys ever thinking about? future outlook of, of, of expanding bigger.
1: We are always, I mean, it's always the dream to have something mm-hmm. in your backyard with some property and everything and something you can walk out to every day. Um, we're mm-hmm. perfectly comfortable here. Um, uh, nothing that would rush out to do, but if something presented itself, we would entertain it. Definitely. Um, ideally the person would move out next door and we could cut a wall, cut a hole in the middle of the wall. And as my dad says all the time and expand there just to have a room for prototypes that he wants. And everything you know we have he has his dreams of big arbors and everything and we need space to do that something that you can mm-hmm. set up and not have to break down when you have projects
0: so you, you keep saying about how your dad designs them do you do any designing for the gates?
1: definitely I mean we work okay. at, we work in all aspects together now okay. the initial you know the, the lump sum of all the gates were in place when I came in full time so we're constantly evolving with more modern designs um, and we work out all that together. Um, And then, you know, each each project is custom. If they we have our designs up there, but clients send in pictures all the time and, you know, we split all the work. So we'll we'll look at the pictures and figure out something new. And then that's a new Mm -hmm. design. And that's usually between both of us.
2: Uh, You Uh, said it was kind of a and it is obviously a, a niche project or a niche product in the market. How many other people are in this same market as you? I mean, that do Um, exclusively nothing but gates.
1: There are, I mean, as far as I know, there's, you know, off the top of my head, five or six of them that Mm -hmm. I know of. Um, but there's all the little, you know, small shops in every town that with people that'll build gates, they don't have a product line. You know, any woodworker will build a gate, obviously. Sure. Um, they don't have the product line. So there are companies, there's a couple that came up in the mid aughts, um, you know that developed a product line and um, have been successful with it, and uh, we're not competitive in that nature. Um, you know we don't. You know it's it's what you do. It's what you love. We don't ever get mad at people for starting and competing with us. Obviously, sure. Um, yeah. For other companies, they recommend us, and we'll recommend them, mm-hmm. um, just depending on their location and the client's budget. Um, there's companies that build them. You know, they have stock sizes that they build so they can make them more affordable. Um, we don't want to do that cause it just takes the fun, you know, sitting at a table. saw all day, cutting out one part is far less enjoyable than project to project. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really was our own until the early two thousands. Um, and the internet came about really strongly and all of a sudden everything right. was made visual to everybody. Um, so you yeah. can see what everyone else was doing, and we use it too. You know, we're constantly googling other gate makers in every other areas, um, and it's fun to see. It's really fun to see.
3: Now, do you guys ever think mm-hmm. about using a CNC to speed up any of your processes?
1: We have uh, space and stubbornness is a big player there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> see, I mean, they're you know everyone's getting them, and I can understand why. Um, for simple things of just making templates, tenons, stuff like that. Um, we're stuck in our little bubble. The, the domino was a big stretch for us. Yeah. So a CNC is like tenfold on top of that. Um, but I can definitely you know, see you, its place if we had the space.
2: Yeah, you mentioned before that the gate is just basically, you know, it's a picture frame and you can fill in the, the, the field with whatever design. I, th- I would think a CNC would open up a whole new world of, Design possibilities for that picture frame.
1: I think you're you're spot on. I think it absolutely would. It would just Doing take us.
2: Yeah, the construction the, I don't think would help at all, but the, just the the create the creative part of it I think would
1: be a and big plus. Like I it. said, you know, if we could get the shop next door or something, then if we had a prototype <coughs> area with a spot with a CNC there, then you can just like anything else, you can just make little prototypes and kind of see what they're going to look like, hmm. and then maybe make the other one by hand or something or
2: is there anybody in your industrial complex that has a CNC machine?
1: Not right here. There are some large shops that I'm sure do. One guy came in and said he's about to order a big one. He's actually going to school for like two weeks down in San Diego just to learn the, the software for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's potential there. But, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting balance of, of preserving and the interest in the craft and efficiency. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, you have to evolve with the craft. So I think a CNC is going to be, you know, an inevitable part of every shop in the future. I don't have joy in it. Do, do
0: you find that the customers are highly interested in the craft of it or they just want the product?
1: That has changed slightly over the years. Um, we're getting more and more people that want a quick turnaround and just kind of want a product. And that's right. fine, too. It has its place. Um, you're more willing to go the extra mile for the customer that is enthusiastic about all aspects of it, um, mm-hmm. which is what it 100% of it used to be. It used to be a word of mouth, word of mouth networking, networking group of clientele there. And now the Internet brings on a, um, you know, we want next day delivery. And if there's any product that or if there's any problem with it, we want to return it and get a new one. So there are definitely the people that don't quite understand what's going on behind closed doors. They think it's just a stamped out gate. Um, But we find that it's more the other way where there are more people that outweigh that group, you know, that are interested in it and love the craft. They want a custom made thing because it's someone building it. They get to work with the design process, get something specific for their home. And it's, it's amazing how much more enjoyable the days are. You know, you want to take the extra time, and uh, make it as good as you possibly can for clients like that.
0: What, what is the average turnaround time for a gate?
1: Uh, regular or, gate is about three days.
0: What is what is your backlog for a you gate? Know, let's say I wanted to order one from you today.
1: Today, t- three-day gate. Today, three-day gate, we're probably in the six-week range. Okay. Um, and that it, it's right. so hard to, to judge that because it really depends yeah. on the project. Like right now, we're right. working on a project, the two of us, which is probably going to be about three weeks with both of us on it. Um, so if we have if we have a bunch of big projects, then we fit the single gates in between to get them their product, but also just to to break up the um, Monotonous. yeah monotony of it, just to you know just to keep the things interesting.
3: The, do gates have a season, as in you know sometimes it's a slow season, sometimes it's a peak season?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Any exterior thing is. You know, with anything, you, you plant your flowers in the, in the spring, you get excited and everything clears up. And especially back East, you know, you can't do landscape work in the, in the winter. Um, but, uh, so absolutely it's, it's, uh, early spring people get ambitious and optimistic about their yard and order the gates. And then this time of year, you know, September picks up because they want to get it in before the winter. Um, so usually the, you know, the, obviously the lead times grow then because pe- everyone wants, you know, that same mentality of getting it done before the winter. Um, so winter slows down. Um, we tend to try to push all of our big projects to the winter to kind of accompany our time.
0: What majority of your stuff is being shipped? In other words, I guess out of state or long distances, California is a big state, but.
1: Majority of it's being shipped.
0: Really? Um, okay. Probably
1: not majority. We'll say. I mean, sixty forty probably. Okay. Um, we do a lot of work here, but if you think about, I mean, these days with the internet, I think it's the local searches go a long way. So when people type in gate makers, it pops up locally first. I would assume. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure on that, but through my little research, that's the way it works. Um, so that helps us locally, but when you think about just the, you know, we're in a small area compared to everything else. Everybody googling, you know, custom wood gates or all that is going to come across us. Hopefully, in the first few searches, there. I don't know. And Let's uh, try
2: it real quick. There that's you go. It comes up.
1: <laughs> so I'll just say you typed in the wrong thing. Custom
2: <laughs>
0: yes. wood. Six gates. pages later on Google. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> yeah. First page meaning first ten. That's something where we're constantly <laughs> on top of though, because that's a you know, our work is all internet now. So our website does all the selling.
2: What's your? So we have to
1: stay up. Uh, Proud URL. Do you,
2: you came up in the first ten.
1: Yeah, perfect. So it depends on what they look at. So we're all constantly figuring out what people would search for, um, which you know we can see in the analytics of our website, obviously. Um, but custom. Do you gave, do that, or do you have? No, we. Uh, my dad, ninety six. The website went up, and uh, he's done it from scratch. The whole thing. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah, it really has, and, and um, I mean, it's really inspiring. You know, he just learned all of that on his own. It's um, you know, shoes to fill definitely. Um,
0: so how old is your dad?
1: He is 69.: Yeah, right nineteen <laughs> fifty. Okay. So how much so do the math.
0: How, how much longer does he plan on working? you think?
1: Um, is he The relative word there working. Um, <laughs> you know, we both have that mentality that you retire to do what you want to do. And Man. he absolutely does what he wants to do every day. Um, so, you know, like all those that you know about Luth and Krenoff, you know, they're woodworking until the day they die. So obviously okay. the, the business responsibility goes down um, and you let him work for more of the joy. But he'll be in the shop forever unless he chooses to How- do something else. But How old are you? I am 31.
3: You're a young pup. You I to also, think about also, That's also not quick good. Math. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So 10 years ago, you went to North
3: um, Bend Street school. So you were 21 years old. That's spectacular.
1: Wow. Yeah, amazing. I was 21. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so it was a long break. Like I said, I, I took the GED when I was 16. Wow. Knowing that I was just going to be in the shop. And I took out of high school and went to work full time.
3: I should have done that. And then,
1: um, that. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I mean, I'm super grateful for it, um, that my parents were willing to let me do that. hmm um, a lot of people wouldn't be willing to do that. And then absolute, you know, owe it all to my now wife who talked me into going to Boston. I think about that all the time that if I hadn't run into her, hadn't met her, I wouldn't be where I am with woodworking. I would have gone North Bend Street. I would have still been a gate maker, but just as far as the quality of the product and, and the, the absolute blast I had there meeting all the people and learning the craft. He um, really opened my doors to it. Nice. Yeah. You know,
3: now you, do you have any, yeah. do you have any concerns that, that, you know, the, the market is going to run dry, slow down, or are you always evolve? evolving? Um,
1: yeah. I mean, all the time, you know, the recessions really hurt us, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, in 08, a lot of the, that gender, the older generation craftsmen were forced to retire.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that was right when I was in school, you know, most so my dad pushed through that, you know, and we kind of worked on that together. Um, but we, you know, we think about it all the day. You can't, or uh, all the time. You can't keep yourself up at night thinking about that stuff, but you know, when work goes dry, you got to figure out something, I guess. Um, But we just hope it doesn't. And you know, the competition is a part in that, you know, other people taking work away, obviously. But um, we've hopefully carved a little niche that we've been doing it long enough. And our website represents us well enough that people understand or experienced. And we, we, represent quality. So hopefully that will keep us going.
0: I don't, I I keep coming up with these questions. I feel like they're steered towards your dad, but I kind of want to ask how, how much you you keep, you you guys are splitting the business half and half right now. You said, but how much more responsibility you keep taking
1: as, Uh, as more and more every day. It's yeah. It's not really a, a schedule or a plan thing that we have that we're working towards, but it's just part of it. You know, for when I was younger, he did everything and I just came in the shop, built the gates and then left. Um, So now you feel bad if he's doing all of it. You feel like he's putting in more time than you are. Right. um, Right. So we try to, you know, we have, we all, we both answer emails. We just kind of pick the ones that we want to, want to answer. We both, I take all the calls, um, which leaves him to do the website stuff in the morning. Um, Hmm. And then as far as the gate building, we just, we're all, we're both building all day, every day. Um, the only difference is he works pretty much every day nonstop (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and it's hard for him to take a day off where I, on the other hand, I like my weekends. Um, I'll come in now and then on Saturday, but it's usually just a Monday through Friday and, um, go play on the weekends.
0: How many hours you put in a day?
1: Um, it varies for a long time. Up until two months ago, I had some health issues and I had to step back a little bit, but I was, um, Long I mean sixty seventy hours a week I was putting in and that point it was six days a week or so and and uh, you get here at, um I mean it's hit or miss, so i do i make i film videos for for furniture um mm-hmm. put them up on youtube and stuff like that and and when I'm heavy on that there I'll get in here before the work day so I can film in quiet and that's usually about five or six I get in. The workday goes, and then about four or five, when my dad leaves, I'll stay until nine or so and continue on the furniture and film. So those turn into long days, but it's pure joy and it's different. You know, you get in early in the morning and you're working on something completely different mindset than Gates, mm-hmm. and then you work put in your workday of the Gates, and then go back to the furniture. But I, uh, for lack of better terms, wore myself out and um, got sick. And so I had to take a couple months off of the shop and I'm only just now getting back at it, but I'm back full-time now and it feels good to be back.
2: Good. You know. What were you going to say, Guy? Well, I was, I was going to, you know, like, like any other, you know, custom business, you have to put out so many bids in order to get a, a, a project. How many, you know, how many, how many requests for pricing do you get versus it's half how the many-
1: work? Isn't it with anything, with everything you guys do, I'm sure it's just, Half the work is shop and half the work is office. Uh, my no, office refi- is my workbench. But Oh, I mean, how many just, just straight bids do we put out?
2: Yeah. How, how many bids do you have to put out uh, to, to get a project?
1: I mean, we probably, the ratio is probably five to one or so. Um, That's we're pretty constantly good. putting out bids. Uh, maybe That's pretty even more. Good. That might be a little. Um, are the prices on your website? So. Prices are on our website. They're, um, if you go to any product, you click on the gate. It'll have, um, we work off a base price. Everything's about making it easy, especially on us, but also the client. So we have what we call base prices where we have our, for the most basic gate, here's the price for anything up to this dimension. It's this cost, depending on the intricacy intricacy of the design goes up a certain percent. And then when you get to a larger size, the price goes up because the, uh, Building method goes up a little bit, changes. So
0: they 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 generally have an idea of what they're going to spend or where they're starting. Some of them do. Not like okay.
1: Um, they, you know, if they're into it, then they'll be looking that far into the site. But a lot of people just hear of us, call go to it. the site, get a number, yeah, and they call and and uh, which is honestly half the fun. I mean, it takes away from the woodworking, but you know, getting to talk to all those people, I just thoroughly love um, everybody with a different project or a different dream of what they're doing. I talked to a lady this morning that bought their, her parents' house in Illinois. Her parents bought it 45 years ago, sold it, and then she just bought it back from them. So she bought the house that she grew up in and now she's on this long journey to, to renovate it. And, uh, she just That's called awesome. this morning to work out all the, the gate and Arbor and fence line and everything. And
2: nice.
1: You end up talking for an hour, just about fun. You know, nothing about Mm -hmm. gate building, but just about the project and uh, the area that they live in and the climate and everything and, um, turns into just long conversations. Then you realize that you need to get back to work. (laughs) Uh, Now,
3: as, as you mentioned earlier, your dad is getting up there in age. Uh, is there plans to either expand as employees or bring in someone before that time comes?
1: Absolutely. Um, so we before the 08 recession, we had five shops across the country spread oh. out evenly. And um, my dad was actually – I was handling the California orders. My dad was living in Andover, Massachusetts, oh, yeah? expanding the business over there.
0: Really,
1: And that was at a point where he actually wasn't building anything. He was just handling the website. We had someone doing the drawings. We had someone doing the marketing and sales. So 08 came and we really just – Instantly, all the shops got dropped, all that got dropped. We went back to work, just the two of us. So, we're trying to get back to that point because I think ideally we love the woodworking, but if we can just stick to designing and making prototypes and have other shops building for Mm us, that's a dream. Then, all of a sudden, you know, especially with this awakening that I had this last two months where I couldn't be in the shop, if something happens, we have some leniency Mm -hmm. there. Um, You know, if I'm at home, I can be on the computer but I couldn't be in the shop. So, uh, so that's kind of where we're hoping to get back to. And that would relieve the, the responsibility off of him or, you know, if something happens or whatever, you can always work from home. Um, so right now we have a, a few shops that we're working with. The orders aren't quite where they were before 08, but we're able to keep them part-time busy. They have, they're professional woodworkers on their own, so we just supply them gates when we have the nice. extra. Mm-hmm. And uh, slowly building up that outsourced shop inventory.
3: Do you have people in Massachusetts now?
1: We don't. You know the biggest part of Massachusetts. Oh yeah. Which is funny because that's where I know all the woodworkers. Um, yeah. The biggest part of Massachusetts was getting the cedar, um, which is the biggest part mm-hmm. anywhere, um, unless you live in the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. where it grows in abundance. Um, it was just too yeah. expensive. You know, we couldn't ask them to make a big order at a mill because we didn't know if we could give them the consistent work. You know, we don't want them to put Mm in $5,000 in a wood order and then not be able to give them work for a month or two months or a year or whatever. And so we had a shop in North Carolina and then DC, the North Carolina guys were using Cypress and uh, it worked, but it had to be finished. The products that were left unfinished, Mm -hmm. we were getting rot and checking and everything with it. Hmm. It's just spoiled by the Western Red Cedar. It's just so nice to work with. So everything else that's not all of a sudden we're aware um, so that was a problem. I mean, Boston would be the first place we would go just because there's so many craftsmen there and, um, or that area, but we just can't figure out yeah. the wood issue there. Unless you can, let me know.
0: <laughs> Real quick question I forgot to ask you when you construction yeah. them. What do you guys glue these together with?
1: Type on three. It is um, Type on three. All right. Type on three, for years we used Type on two, before that the original, but Type on three came along. And just for exterior projects, it's yeah, it's great. The open time is like if there's one thing gates teach you, it's a no-stress glue up. I feel like I've mastered that through my life. Um they just don't <laughs> seem to phase me anymore, especially with type on three. The open time here is just forever. I feel like okay. I mean like almost an hour. It's like it's crazy how long it takes. But we've been having issues with um, you know, it's a non-insulated shop, so in the winter. Um, we've been having issues with laminations, um, where we have to leave them for a full 24 hours. Um, and even then we'll do our glue ups later in the day. So they're not sitting through the cold night. Um, we don't find that we get that with type one, two, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of on a trial and error thing with that. So we just make sure to glue it up when it's all warmer.
2: What does the temperature get down to in the shop? Well, at night,
1: I mean, the outside temperatures can get down to 30 degrees, uh-huh. Um, inside temperatures, low, mid forties. Um, so yes. when we come in the shop in the morning, sometime in the winter, if I'm getting here at, at five o'clock, it can be in the, you know, 40 degrees. And I think Type bond has a 45 degree. Yeah. Um, whatever you call it, bond temperature or something.
2: So you have no heating or air conditioning in the, well, in no, the we no, we do
1: have a no in the unit, no gas running to the unit, no air conditioning. We have a big propane heater that we run. Um, as far as comfortability when working, that's more than enough. Yeah.
3: So same, the same thing occurs with Unibond uh, when you do vacuum bagging. Yeah. And, to, you know, we had a huge issue once in the class that the heat was dropped down in the middle of the winter. And unfortunately, when we opened the bags the next day, everything was still tacky. And to correct that issue, wow. uh, and I do this on furniture projects, uh, especially even in my concrete shop currently, uh heated furniture blankets you know it's amazing how
1: much heat i've they can heard produce. of that. guitar um, makers use that a lot
2: that's what i do in my shop during
1: the winter is it really fine. yeah I just do. a just a yeah you know a, a home heating blanket well you know just yep. commercial ones uh, oh
0: I, I do a home heating blanket and then throw an old comforter right over top of that to keep the heat in.
1: Do you leave that overnight so, or that's a during the day yep. kind of thing? Oh, Not really? It overnight. overnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the home yeah. the home heating blankets,
2: which is what I use also, they only stay on for like three hours and they automatically oh, but shut that's off. enough time though. Wow, that's a really yeah. good idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'll start it in the morning and then, you know, turn it off
1: and on. Yeah, Well, I'm always so scared to leave day. anything on like that during night, leaving even a little fan here I turn off. Um, yeah, yeah, I
0: know that. I so what I did with my heating, mine stays on, but I put mine on a little timer so that it would last for like wow. four or five hours. I seen behind here. So
1: all you guys are using them. Yeah, <laughs> gotta get with the game, Less.
0: East Coast.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: right. You know. Three hours ahead.
0: It's cold here. <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, oh, that's great. Because you live in California, the other person to discuss you know stuff with veneer or gluing or clamping up is uh, Patrick Edwards. He's in San Diego. Uh, he's yeah. he's a genius with Patrice. He's, they're very innovative in how to go around the cold temps and making sure things um, glue up and clamp up properly. I, you know heating up MDF uh, on propane top torches, even if it's outside, to bring them in, uh, just laying that on the side of a piece to help warm things up. It's it's amazing how that speeds up the drying time.
1: It's mm-hmm. amazing the the different arts of woodworking and stuff like that. It's when people say. You're a woodworker and they ask you what you do, it's like just simple things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, the difference between building a house and then doing what you said they're doing down in San Diego, it's like I mean, completely op complete opposite sides of the spectrum there. Yes. Um, that's really fascinating though. I'm gonna look into the blanket thing.
0: All right. So another question I have for you. I yeah. used to work for my father doing construction. Oh yeah. How do you get along with your dad? It sounds Great. like really good, but do you guys have days where you're just like I got to get out of here.
1: <laughs> um, you- I mean, almost never. I'm not exaggerating. Okay. We, you know, we okay. have our separate opinions on stuff, but we're both very easygoing laid back people. Um, I mean, I've Good. been working with him my whole life. I've probably developed mm-hmm. all of his mannerisms <laughs> and everything. Um, mm-hmm. But um, no, we get <laughs> along. My really dad well. has some
0: bad mannerisms. I developed. No, I think too. it's just, oh, yeah, right. There you go. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, no, we get along really well, um, which, Obviously makes no, all the it, difference. If we didn't, then we wouldn't still be doing it.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. It really does. Yeah. You're yeah. very fortunate. I think you know that, but
1: absolutely. Yeah. I think about it's, it all the time when people ask that. Um, it could very easily be the opposite. Yeah. Um, which could be my doing or his or both of us, but um, we're just two pretty relaxed people happy with what we do.
0: Nice. Yeah. You you never say what brought your dad to California?
1: I mean, probably the weather like everybody else. <laughs> um he grew up in southern Illinois. Um, and, uh, was woodworking with his dad and his grandfather there. And, um, just through a long, just journey, Illinois, Oklahoma, Arizona, and then eventually moved up to San Francisco where I think his sister was. Um, and Mm -hmm. then he met my mom, his wife there. And, but then they moved up to raise us, raise my brother and I, um, to Sonoma County just to get out of the city a little bit.
0: What does your brother do?
1: He's a teacher in Sacramento. He okay. teaches uh, for a long time. It was second grade. Now it's, boy, fifth or sixth grade. Okay. Um, so he, my mom was a librarian at, in the school district for a long time. My brother went into teaching. My dad was a woodworker, and I went into woodworking. Okay. So we kind of split paths there.
3: Nice. Now, how was it when you finished school or, or when you were on break yeah. and you went home and you said, Dad, this is what I learned or this is a new technique? Did it feel like you know, and so energized, so enjoyable? I think he was very
1: He was well, equally I'm enthusiastic about it. He was just I think as I was, he was so surprised mm-hmm. with the amount that they were teaching people there. Um we really didn't anticipate that much knowledge coming out of that place, which really shows and I know, you know, the you went to Beverly, didn't you? You went to fill those place? Yes. It's the same thing up there, it's just the the instructors you know, their understanding of the craft and how to vocalize it to everybody that it just really shows that, you know, strong, they really take it nowadays. I know North the Street is encouraging people without any past experience in the craft because they want to be able to start them from fresh and just mold them rather than the old dog, new tricks kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So for the question, my dad was just absolutely. Enthusiastic. So are,
2: are you saying that I can't, I can't learn anything new?
1: You're done much yeah you're out sorry <laughs> damn yeah, it. you'll have to do the four-year program there <laughs> uh, no no it's the, absolutely the, i mean the, and the- my dad showed that he just was was willing to to take on that because why wouldn't you want to just you know perfect the craft a little more if you can hmm. you what
0: know. well, was something that you learned at the school that just blew your mind
1: um i think honestly the most important thing which isn't even really a technique it's just the the mentality of taking the time to doing things right, slow down. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the time in the shop, you just push, push, push to the end goal, and then you realize, man, I should have slowed down during that process. So really, just the mentality of getting things right takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you have to be patient. you got to put in the hours. If you have a bigger project, you just have to put more hours. If you're building 10 of one things, you're just not going to build it ten times faster you're going to build a little faster because you get a group cut some stuff, but you have to take the time with the same, you know, the techniques take the same time. You're just mm-hmm. going to do them 10 times. Um, so really just the mentality of putting in hours, you know, the shop doors were open from, from seven to nine. You had to be there from eight to three, you know, yeah. the more willing you are, the more you're going to learn because you're going to be there working mm-hmm. And while you have the doors open to you. There's no reason why you wouldn't be there all day. hmm. Um, So really just a mindset.
3: Now, do you miss the furniture making?
1: Miss it? Well, I feel really fortunate because with the gate business, I'm able to pay the bills through that. The furniture, I don't have to pursue work. So what I do is I build one-off pieces, which can be whatever I want. Most of them are for my house or for, for family, or I build them as spec pieces and then sell them. But I don't have to be influenced by other people's needs, which I feel amazingly grateful for. So as far as missing furniture, I still build it on a regular basis. Um, But it doesn't have the burden of having to pay the bills, um, which I really like. So I treat it, you know, I make the videos on it, which come out, you know, I can't say I put videos on YouTube because I make one every like year, I feel like. But when I do build furniture, I film it um, because I also do a lot of photography. So the second, the the camera's Mm -hmm. pretty much always out. Um, So I enjoy that process of it.
3: Yeah. Is, you know, obviously what, what you've learned, and you, me- you mentioned it earlier, what you've learned here at, in the East Coast is totally different than what they appreciate in the West Coast. so
1: It's amazing. I do miss that part of it. Um, I really like, I don't exactly want mm-hmm. the pieces in my house, but I really enjoy building yeah. period furniture. Um, talk about precision. It's just, it's all built so well. And just, I mean, the amount of time I would take on pieces back in school, I find myself 100%. short-cutting here. Um, so every okay. once in a while, you, yeah, you just, it's a different, but you're also, it's, you can't say competitive, but when you're in a group with a, that many people doing that kind of work, if you do mm-hmm. bad work, it stands out, um, you know, and they're teaching you yeah. how to do it right. So you tend to slow down, you know, whenever the couple of times I've been back to visit, I always kind of like take a deep breath. Like, oh man, mm-hmm. these guys are doing really good work. I got to up my game a little bit, get back to that.
3: no i totally agree it's so it's it's so hard to find that balance it's uh internal battle you know especially i have the issue of like this is just for me like no one's gonna care i'm not gonna care if this is a hair you know thinner or too thick or there's a hairline of of uh, tear out i don't really care and you know but sometimes you just want to move on and feel i hate the saying a shoemaker without shoes you know it's just like i yeah. want furniture but I, at the same time i don't want to spend a huge amount of time on it because it's me i'm just gonna i'm gonna enjoy just using it and giving it its patina versus yeah. a client
1: it's a balance that hard to yeah, find 100%. It's a say but it's an important balance mm-hmm. you know of getting the job done but taking the time to do it right yeah totally and it depends on the client
3: yeah
1: we I mean, not the quality but um you know it depends on the budget and and the you know, what they can afford really dictates how you're going to build something. For. Yes.
3: hundred percent. You know, there's stuff that I always tell people that I don't sign or tell people that I please don't tell anyone I made it. And there's jobs that I proudly will yeah. sign.
1: Yeah. There's, I always think back to, um, Garrett hack wrote an article, I think, or did something where he talks about the dream job that he had. And I, I love his work. It's just so refined yeah, the, I, the design totally portion. I think he's really found that niche with, Modern creativity with all the color and everything but then just the the shapes and everything that he builds under but He talked about that project where he built one of those cabinets that he does and he says the the clients came to him and said You know, we don't care the budget. We don't care what you build We just want it to be something that pushes your boundaries in every aspect
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh, There's pictures out there of it. I'm sure but it just came out as this, you know He said every aspect of it just completely pushed his skill level and uh, That would you know, that's the dream job obviously get something like that
0: so that that's your bucket list project you think you know something just or is there something I mean, you mean that's actually it, want definitely
1: it's coming out of school mm-hmm. you, it's all reproduction so when you think right. about the bucket list project it's all about building something that someone has already built so you think of the bombay chest and all that stuff but as that's evolved for me it's it's more something like that it's not really so much of a bucket list but just having something that when you're done say wow that that was difficult, but somehow I came out and it's here. Nice. Um, so building something, you know, just like I mentioned, Garrett, it just he seems to have mastered the proportions, which is in my mind the most absolute important thing with furniture. And the most
3: difficult, uh, Great. you know, you can Great. rebuild
1: something. It's so difficult. Yeah. It's um you know, when I first came out of school, I'd read the articles and find woodworking of Michael Fortune spending like a week mocking up a piece of furniture and taking photos with a you know, a little miniature person standing next to it. I'm just like, this guy's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, what's he doing spending all that time? And then you realize, you know, I'm sitting here next, I'm sitting on the bench next to me as a mocked up dining table that is my next project for my brother as a wedding pro- present. And, and I, did the, I did exactly what he did. I built it out of, you know, it's like one eighth scale or something. It's tiny, but you're able to see all the proportions and what it looks like. And I've made changes to it. And um, unless you're going to build five of them, that's the way to perfect those proportions. Yeah. You know, it's like Malouf said, Malouf said he there's only one chair he's ever built that's done. <laughs> and I think it was his low, bo- low back side chair. He said everything is constantly being changed, all of his rockers, they're all different, he's constantly evolving the lumbar and everything. So out of all the years he's built stuff, only one chair he's ever built that was done. that's <laughs> amazing. I always kind of like that it makes my uh mistakes feel less daunting.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. I got one last question for you. Okay. What's your favorite thing to do in the shop?
1: Um, you know, as much as I love gates, the early morning furniture stuff, um, I liked it in school. I like waking up early and coming in here when you just feel like the, the rest of the world is sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, for a long time, as it a, a separation from the work day and the rest of the day? Every day. I just cut a side of dovetails and, uh, there was something about just the mentality of just changing pace. You know, you get faster at it over the years, but it, it wasn't anything, you know, as I got better at it, it wasn't anything challenging. It was just a, a separation from the work day. You know, you're, you're, yeah. you're breathing sawdust all day and then you just slow down, get a few tools out, same ones, every time, set them on the bench in the same way, cut the same joint. And it's just a pure, just keep the love alive and the craft kind of thing for yeah. me. Nice. Good. Uh, which is important. Very, very
0: good. All right. Yeah. Well, Ben, I have to tell you, this is absolute pleasure. It was yeah. a
1: lot of fun. Thanks oh. for good. for listening for all that time. I felt like I talked your guys ears oh, off. Great. Thank you so much. No, no, yeah. no, it's good. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's interesting for, for 31, you're very level headed. It sounds like, <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> well, I guess you could say but, that's one of the things I get from my dad. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my mom too. Can't leave her out of that. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you. Having, appreciate it.
0: I mean, I I I wish you the best of luck with everything, and it's it's cool. It's a cool. It's I don't know. I mean, I we we all do woodworking for a living, but it's when you meet people that do little niche things. It's like how are you doing it, and it's a it's a it's a cool little niche. It's in, the
1: best part so. about it, and and there's so many of yeah, them. I agree, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk to wood uh, the luthiers or something, and it's like you have the utmost respect for them because it's not just woodworking, but you're talking about creating mm-hmm. sound. Yep. in the woodworking and there's just so many niches like you're saying mm-hmm. it's fun to get a hold of people in them and and uh, you Picked feel like brands. a novice again you know totally.
3: yeah it's humbling. You know.
1: yeah
0: yes that's a good way to put it freddie humbling
1: yeah. well i appreciate it it's really fun talking with you guys and thank um, and you listening where to can you guys. uh
0: where can everybody find you because your work is it needs to be looked at
1: yeah so. a few places um the main is the website www.prowlwoodworks and that's spelt pro well p r o w e l l woodworks um my personal thing with instagram which shows a lot of the gates but just shop stuff is uh, prowl underscore ben and then as i said with the furniture all my videos are on youtube ben prowl nice everything um
0: good hey keep it simple
1: yeah right
3: <laughs>
0: that's the way to do
1: it <laughs> easier said than done
3: you know i I mu- yeah. I must say as oh, yeah, you, as you mentioned the website I went ahead and looked at it. The website is absolutely beautiful. Like the the homepage is yeah, just like you. I'm just sucked in and want to continue just sitting here. Which is
1: I mean it's 23 years or so of evolution. It's we go I forget what the website is, or what the what the website online is, but there's a site where you can go back and look at the different years of the internet. Huh. And you can go I forget what it's called. It's called like time portal website you can go i'm sure there's a million of them but you can go back and type in any date and go to any website that was there oh wow and we'll go back and look at mine just fun to do with like youtube or something or google even and just see the logos but we'll do it with ours and you see where it was and through the evolution of it and um you know nothing's built in a day it's um, it's fun to see that it kind of it grounds you a little bit with how much work goes into everything uh, but thanks for that though cool it goes a long way
0: yeah all right. Well, thank you, Ben. Yeah, you're a welcome. a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thanks for, it. Thanks care, for being on. Um, yeah.